0: We must find time to stop and thank those people who make a difference in our lives. With the beautiful words by John F. Kennedy, I welcome you all to the continued journey of this podcast on 3D printing. Let's kickstart 2021.
1: 3D printing technology is pushing the limits of customization bringing ease to surgical planning, and making predictable outcomes. If you are a surgeon wanting to make lives better, you are in the right place. Welcome to the Surgeons in 3D Printing podcast. And now, your host, Dr. Ruchi pathak Cole, to take you on this beautiful journey.
0: Welcome to the podcast, Surgeons in 3D Printing. This is the opening episode of the year 2021 after completing the first season in 2020. Now, this is a very special episode for me because I have my esteemed guest who's been a blessing in my life. I take this opportunity to introduce my mentor, my guide and a gem of a person, Dr. Sushma Sagar. She is an epitome of perseverance patience and compassion. Dr. Sushma Sagar is a trauma surgeon, professor and head of the Division of Trauma Surgery and Critical Care at the Jay Prakash Narayan Apex Trauma Center, which is the level one trauma center at the Premier Institute or India Institute of Medical Sciences, New Delhi, India. So without further ado, let's trigger an interesting conversation.
1: Hello, ma'am. Thank you. Yeah, hello, it's nice to be with you again. Yes.
0: So, Ma'am, I wanted to ask you today because we are into a conversation regarding 3D printing. So, we've been definitely involved into research uh, associated with 3D printing and you had a long experience with 3D printing. I'd like to ask your personal views about 3D printing applications that you perceive are applicable for the trauma center. Well, Ruchi, you
1: know, uh, like if I go back 30 years then I started my surgical career, that was the time when we used to uh, cut down the uh, designs on a lint piece and uh, lint pieces and paper used to be our like uh, models and on which we used to put down all, all our imaginations. But uh, we have uh, come, I mean, uh, so long uh, to a day when we are doing the same thing on a metal, on a titanium. And 3D printing, I would say, definitely is a boon and especially, you know, for trauma surgeons. Wherein time is of essence, and uh, many a times you know you want to uh, be so uh, uh, protective about your operating time and operating theater that you don't want to waste even a single minute. And as far as uh, what we have seen over the last five years during uh, the uh, 3D uh, printed uh, model-based surgeries, that we have not only reduced the time, we have even reduced the amount of blood loss. So that would uh, uh, have uh, been kind of impossible if we think about 10 years back, but today definitely the scenario is far promising and far better. Yes, ma'am. And I do feel that uh, it really
0: helps, uh, especially in cases of chronic trauma, I mean, long-standing trauma cases, definitely. So could you please elaborate uh, a few experiences of yours with a variety of cases,
1: a little bit about the cases that have been done there in the trauma center? A lot of uh, maxillofacial trauma comes here and uh, over the last 15 years, what we have realized is that uh, we have a footfall of almost 70,000 per annum in our emergency department wherein almost 1,500 cases of uh, trauma surgeries are admitted and almost uh, 150 to 200 of them are uh, core maxillofacial trauma wherein we do various kinds of uh, reconstructive procedures in the form of either uh, mandibular reconstructions or uh, fracture uh, could be panfacial or isolated uh, body mandible fractures. But what uh, made our lives difficult was the secondary reconstruction. You know, patient used to have a lot of comorbidities in the form of that they are coming with a panfacial fracture and they also have a head injury, also have a liver injury, pancreatic injuries. And at that point of time, you know, face takes a backseat. Apart from the hemorrhage control, rest of the reconstruction takes a backseat. But imagine the sight of a young boy or a young girl who's, who are into the job, who have a, a job wherein they are interacting with the public on a day-to-day life. I mean, I can uh, very distinctly remember our patients like Rabit and Mujaha. You know, they were young, 25-30 year old boys and girls, and they had a difficulty in facing the society once they came out of that trauma phase. And doing their reconstruction was a very challenging thing. And uh, imagination of uh, multiple surgeries with the plastic surgery team, putting in lots of flaps. Uh, made our life difficult, and then uh, then you brought in the idea of uh, doing this reconstruction with a 3D implant and uh, the research which went into it, uh, along with the help from the IIT colleagues. Uh, how to go about the planning part, uh, the CAD CAM models, the uh, use of RCT images, the dimensions, how much is required, how to procure the material. All that, uh, you know, it looked a very difficult path, but ultimately, you know, when we operated upon these three, four cases, like Nujaha, Ravit, and other patients, we realized that uh, the outcome has, uh, you know, uh, really given us uh, so much of satisfaction because we couldn't have never achieved the same results with a, I would say, a fibular graft or a crest graft or with a costochondral graft because the kind of carving, the kind of, uh, I would say, uh, attachment which is required with them couldn't have been possible. And secondly, you know, with a one, one shot, I mean, in a single time, single attempt of a surgery, your implant was there and it is covered, and the next day the patient is ready to receive his dental implant,
0: I and mean, it is amazing. Right, and I mean, these all these kind of cases, especially with the ones which were terminal, wherein we were like they were tried with fibula and the fibula failed, and then like they were left with no hope. So I think that was also one of the things that even at this situation, even if you get something which is which which is everything. I mean, even that something is a lot for the patient. That's what I feel. Yeah.
1: Exactly. And you know you always, you always struggle for operation uh, theatres in a in a trauma setup, you know, wherein every other time you have a non-responder, you have a vascular case. So when it comes to doing a reconstruction for a secondary facial deformity, everybody would say, uh, uh, we don't have uh, a thought for you. And when you have a 3D model, 3D printed model with you, and it hardly takes 45 to 50 minutes uh, of operating time. Yeah, that's, that's like even less than the acute surgery cases, which
0: are like com- that complex, especially. So it's not like the whole day, which takes up like in, even in acute cases, it takes up the whole day otherwise. So yeah, even that that is definitely the case. So ma'am, uh, what do you think like uh, going forward? What do you think how we can get this, uh, you know, established into the trauma center? What What should be the future that we should look at?
1: See, uh, like uh, we are having a lot of uh, research uh, material uh, now coming up. Uh, We are uh, getting the gate labs in our institute. We are having a lot of uh, materials related to microbiology and other pathology and other systems. So similarly, uh, all people are now in the favor that we should have our own 3D uh, uh, printer-based lab, wherein not only for the facial reconstruction, I mean, there are hopes for uh, orthopedic surgeons, you know, they can they can have a lot of defects uh, come in the trauma wherein they have to just uh, put in a chip of bone to uh, reconstruct that uh, long length of the bone for the hip, for the knee joint or for the other defects. So, uh, and then uh, the neurosurgeons, they, after doing their cranioplasties, you know, they have that defects. So they want to cover it with a with a bone chip or whatever. So uh, the I would say the horizon is very big and uh, we need to have a dedicated 3D lab in our trauma setup, wherein uh, all these desires and all these requirements of all the people can be uh, covered up. Uh, right, yeah, ma'am.
0: Could you also give a little light on the number of the the kind of specialities that we have, like all across trauma. Like in one roof, we are like so many different specialities, uh, which really helps.
1: Yeah, since ours is a level one trauma center and it's one of the model centers of the country. Uh, which was envisaged in the very beginning in 2016. And with the uh, first of its kind, uh, like we are providing MCH students in the trauma surgery and critical care. Mm -hmm. So this kind of uh, research experience and this kind of innovative uh, use of technology is very much required for our setup. And since we have uh, working with us neurosurgeons, orthopedic surgeons and plastic surgeons under one roof, So, and even, you know, even for the forensic people, uh, they now with the COVID thing in place, you know, it is very difficult to give the training to the resident on live patients. So, even they can have the use of uh, these models for them. So, uh, four or five specialties under one can be benefited by this technology.
0: Right. So, ma'am, uh, but then what, how do you feel that, you know, as a surgeon, what could be the challenges? Because uh, we are in a developed na- developing nation and uh, then there are challenges associated to our nation as well. So,
1: how do you see that? See, cost is a very big challenge for our country. And, you know, whenever we talk about these type of uh, innovative technology in our country, everybody asks about, array, this is very costly. How are we going to make it? I mean, it is very difficult many a times for the patients even to buy simple implants and they they depend upon that the hospital should provide them those implants so uh, cost is one factor but uh, definitely you know if more and more people start using it and if we compare it with the uh, with the usage of staff the usage of operating time and the usage of blood we can definitely have a cost comparison and uh, definitely the uh, the balance will be more towards the 3d uh, printed models uh, based surgery only and uh, second challenge, I would say, is the capacity building. Because, you know, uh, not many people are trained about it. So we need more and more students and other people to get trained into it. It is not only that uh, the surgeons or the uh, other staffs are trained. We need to have all cadres of people getting trained into this specialty. And then only I mean we can have a better future about this. But definitely for surgeons, I would say it is a big boom. Definitely. Yes,
0: ma'am. It, it, it makes your life very easy and it gives you more time. <laughs> so I think both are needed. So ma'am, how do you see yeah. the use of technology for the in the next five years?
1: I mean, it is just a projection. In coming five years, uh, like uh, earlier, you know, when laparoscopy came in the picture, the it started with simulation only. And nowadays, you know, people, they first go to the simulation lab, they learn laparoscopy there and then they come out on the live patient. So, for our country, wherein we have a million millions of uh, population, so to train each and every person on the same thing would not be possible. So, you need to have more and more of such type of uh, labs wherein students can come; they can get themselves trained, they can learn the nitty-gritties of uh, doing the modeling themselves, and then definitely, uh, in coming five to ten years, yes, like uh, nobody had imagined that laparoscopy would reach to the rural areas also so similarly this can also be percolated down to the very ground level in coming five to six years right ma'am so
0: i also i feel that because uh in our institute we also have like research as the basis uh, of doing anything so that's another advantage
1: for our hospital as you're aware that uh, uh, clinical research and uh, teaching i mean these are the uh, mandates for uh, our premier institute so research is is a very, very important ingredient of being at the institute. So it has to definitely start from here and it should develop from
0: here. Right. Now, anything that I did not ask you? There are too many things I didn't ask you. And I think we will be getting together again for more elaboration. And by then, I think we'll be moving more ahead as well. So is there anything I did not ask you and you would like to convey to the people listening to us?
1: Uh, one thing I think you didn't ask me is that how I got attracted to this uh, 3D thing and uh, for that I would say that uh, you were one of the factors I mean uh, you, you had that sparkling idea in your mind and we started with the fat clasper and uh, mesenchymal thing and then then uh, we reached to this uh, 3D model and initially you had thought that uh, we will work on the uh, mesenchymal impregnated uh, bone models on the facial reconstruction and then this idea came. I think uh, we should not forget that. And that is how it <laughs> started and has now taken the shape of a young baby. I will say. Yes, ma'am.
0: <laughs> Thank you for that mention, ma'am. Thank you very much. And it was a pleasure talking to you, and it always is. And I think we'll, we'll get back again sometime later. <laughs> my pleasure. My pleasure. Thank you. Thank you so much. Thank awesome. you very much, ma'am. So that was my truly great mentor, which people say are hard to find, difficult to part with, and impossible to forget. I hope you must have realized that 3D technology can benefit. All specialties of medicine complexity is the enemy of execution and so I created a framework of execution for you this framework is a step-by-step process which takes you full circle and helps you visualize all the steps involved when you want to start a case with using 3d technology this framework will help you know before you start the execution of 3d technology the steps involved to download this framework please go to the link in the podcast show notes, click and fill your details and it will be on its way to your inbox. So let's start the implementation. Subscribe the podcast to hear more interesting conversation with experts across the globe. We would love to connect with you for any unanswered questions. Before I end, let me tell you that next week, we have insights from the 3D printing lab of Amrita Institute of Medical Sciences, Kochi. So join us for the next episode to know more. Hope to connect with you in the next episode. Till then, stay safe and live with passion.
1: Life is a work in progress. What matters at the end is the journey.